See, I, I don't. I, we we don't have somebody in a separate room. We do this stuff ourselves. Uh, welcome back to the show, uh, Ian O'Connor, ladies and gentlemen, the author of the brand new book Belichick. You've heard about it. It's made the news. And up here, I mean, you know, this is Homer territory, Ian. <laughs> so you know, we're very protective of our evil genius. You know that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's actually the people who've read it or read the manuscript even before the book came out said they, they liked Bill more after reading it than they did uh, when they started. So uh, I think a lot of the conversation about the book is centered on uh, some Brady Belichick stuff from last year. Yeah. The, the book is 455 pages about the man's life and his boyhood and, and how he developed as a coach and human being. It's it's not about the Brady Bill yeah. uh, relationship from last year and how it fractured. But that's a twenty four hour a day business here in New England, and and sure. I, 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 as soon as I heard that, I'm like, we knew that. I mean, that's not that, but but still, I love that it that it's in the book. And my question is, I mean, obviously. You know, one of my favorite shirts deals it with the Patriots, the one where uh, it shows the emotions of Bill Belichick, happy, sad, and it's all the same straight face. It's my favorite shirt. And you know as well as I do, as much as he, I think he's the greatest coach in NFL history. I put him up there with the best of the best. However, people hate him. I mean, the rest of the country hates him. And what I wonder is, and we talked about this last week, I said I would ask you, how is it that others haven't caught on, or why? Haven't other coaches caught on to the type of system that Belichick employs that gets players to buy into it? Well, I think, for starters, they don't have the greatest football player of all time at the center of that program, and that True. would be Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. So, And that's, that's, a, that's a big difference in, in any program is to have every great coach needs a great player as his centerpiece, and, and he has that. Uh, I think Bill just... He just outworks people. He outdetails people. The attention to detail is so extreme. The situational football they practice is, is so extreme. The, uh, the emphasis on special teams. Every football coach on every level, from Pop Warner through the NFL, talks about special teams being as important as offense and defense, but they don't really practice what they preach. Bill actually does live that. Right. And so I've talked to many players who've gone to other teams and organizations, and they see him practice they're not trying to perfect it before moving on to the next session on the schedule. In New England, you don't move on to the next part of practice until you win the part you're in and perfect it. So I just think he outworks people and outdetails people to such an extent that even if you try to replicate his system somewhere else, if you don't have Belichick and Brady, it's not going to happen. Go ahead, Kelly. Um, Ian, you wrote that there's a surprising camaraderie that uh, Bill Belichick shares with the team. You think? Do you think it's stronger than that of other coaches in their teams? I don't know if it's stronger. Um, he's smarter and works harder than the vast majority of NFL coaches, and those are people who generally are pretty smart and work hard. But I think behind the scenes, he's underrated. And frankly, this is maybe a bit surprising to me in researching the book for three years and talking to hundreds of people that the way he connected with players uh, in his office, one-on-one, really showed them that he cared about them as a human being, which I think most of America, looking at mm. Bill in his press conferences, would be surprised by that. Oh, but, yeah, totally. But, and by the way, in Cleveland, he didn't do that. I talked to many Cleveland Brown players who said, we never got the impression he cared about us as people. And I think the results showed that. Well, I, I mean, in the wake of the Malcolm Butler situation where he didn't put him in the Super Bowl, I mean, he never said a word as to why, wouldn't give it up, never will give it up. Yet, you find out, you know, half a year later that he reached out and contacted Malcolm in the middle of the summer after he had left the Patriots, and they kind of worked everything out. That tells me that there's a level of caring there that we don't see. 
That's yeah. what that told me. You know, yeah, I don't think you can win like he's like he has won over the years and inspired mm-hmm. ever changing groups and circles of, of yeah. young men without without that without that humanity. And I think he learned that when he failed in Cleveland. And I remember Anthony Pleasant, who played for Bill in Cleveland, and and then of course with the Patriots in the early years, said in 2001 he saw a difference in him, and he actually looked him in the eye and said, "I want to win a championship for you." And I know that the Browns players never said that to him and never felt that. Right. But but Pleasant was one of the players who saw him in both places and said he is changing. He's he's realizing that you have to connect with your players on a human level. And I think he's done that. Ian O'Connor on the phone with us. The book is called Belichick. Of course, it's out now. What a gift it would make for any Patriots fan. Let me ask this. How much of his success has to do with it? I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. But how much of it, how much of it has to do with the fact that Kraft, from the outside looking in, Stays out of the way and lets it, lets them run stuff. Where a lot of owners, most of the time, uh, yeah, well, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> Until but, the last couple of years. Well, well but, but but I mean, yeah. he's let him and hasn't interfered with him. He's let him do what he wanted. A lot of coaches don't have that luxury. That's a great point. I think Robert Kraft has been a big part of this and maybe an underrated, underappreciated part of it. Uh, Robert Kraft is the best owner in the NFL. I'm still not quite sure how Jerry Jones beat him into the Hall of Fame, but he has one flaw, and it's a pre- it's a benign flaw. He loves to be loved, and most of us do. But if that's your flaw, that's not a bad one to have. And, and I think that he's been a great partner for Belichick. And, and I think that the only time he's really interfered in personnel, really it's three times, right? He gave Bledsoe the $100 million deal when Belichick was just getting established in the organization. Yeah. I don't think Belichick wanted to do that deal. In 2007, he wanted Troy Brown, who was a great patriot, represented the franchise and the market in, in a tremendous way to play one more season. Belichick had brought in Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and Dante Stallworth. Didn't really, he wanted to move away from Troy Brown, but Kraft sort of imposed his will on that one. And then last year with the Garoppolo situation, so, which, which was a very profound thing. I mean, that was, that was extremely important. And I, I frankly think that Kraft and the organization and Belichick made the right call in staying with Brady. Now, Belichick should have gotten more than a second-round pick for Garoppolo. Yeah. But I, I think that mm-hmm. you can't trade Tom Brady. You just cannot do it. And I think they did make the right decision there. Gotcha. Go ahead, Kelly. Ian, I just want to let you know I read uh, your book, Arnie and Jack. Great golf book for uh, oh, golf you. fans thank out you. there. Um, why is Belichick, and I don't know if you got a chance to interview him one-on-one, but why why is he so dour professionally with the press conferences and everything like that? Yeah, I just right. want to Is that a strategy or is that just the way he is? I want him to be happy. I feel like he never is. <laughs> yeah, he no, he is away from the workplace, and I he did not cooperate with the book, so I didn't get a chance uh, to sit down with him and ask those questions. But I talked to many of his of his people, his friends, his associates, and he created a one dimensional character that he plays at the podium. That is not really who he is, but he thinks it's strategic in that, and I think it's all it revolves around this core idea that we are in the business of gathering information. We do not share information. Yeah. So when you ask questions, I'm going to give you as little as possible. And he wants his players to see that. So when they're asked questions, they do the same thing. I know that Belichick over the years, there are certain coaches that he thinks he's learned from, uh, learned things about their team during the week just by things they're telling the media. Yeah, and, and Bill studies that every word that you say. He's looking to secure information. Yeah. If I were a head coach in the NFL, I would never talk about personnel with Bill Belichick because yeah. 
He's always looking to walk away with more information than he gave you. And God forbid, God save the person that does on his team. Because there's a penalty to be paid for that. I, I love it. This is, this is the marching orders. This is how this organization is going to be run. And you've got to live up to this expectation. If you don't want to win championships, go play for someone else. And I, I, do, I, I do appreciate that. Um, so let me ask this. So he doesn't, and I wouldn't expect him to, participate in a project like this. But you know he's going to get wind of it. Right? You know he's going to hear because you're talking to the people that he knows. Did you hear anything from him back channel wise or anything about you writing this book? Oh, I, yeah, he knew about it. I talked to his, uh, I contacted his agent, uh-huh. uh, and I talked to his chief of staff there. I had lunch with Bears Nigerian, who's his guy, and it's yeah. been his guy there forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, he knew all about it. He was, he was telling some of his friends he preferred that they not speak to me and share humanizing anecdotes. It was really strange that most people do want positive stories about them out in the public arena. He doesn't. <laughs> right. he, he, he's one of the few celebrities or public figures who actually uh, shows his worst side in public and hides his best side in private. Like, people generally do the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, he was well aware of it. I have not, since the book has come out, I have not. I did send him the book, oh, a week and a half ago. I yeah. have not heard from him uh, about it, so I, I do not know. My, my hope always with everyone really who gets a chance to read it including him of course is that they see it as fair how weird and is that, that? Hmm. can you imagine getting a package in the mail and it's a book a good sized book about and you're, you. it's about you <laughs> and your pictures on the cover and you gotta go do I even open this and look at it I'm afraid <laughs> right I mean that's a human reaction right there 400 and, yeah 455 pages right. about 213,000 words but he knew it was coming yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and he knew and I was talking to the Patriots about when it was coming out and some yeah. of the stuff that would come out so that they had uh, advance uh, a heads up on it, and and he did as well. I so, just, I just. I just got it. So I'm excited to read it because I want to see that other side of him, like that they showed. You saw it briefly in that uh, ESPN special with him and Bill Parcells yeah. where he went back and he got emotional in the, in the Giants locker room. There's a, there's a man there that, you, that is easily lovable. There's a guy like, this guy's a real guy with real emotions, but we just never see it. And that's because the battle armor is up. And what? that makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah, and I, I really wanted that part of him as a human being yeah. to, to be the essence of this book. Yeah. And I, I, I think I, and, and I illustrated that in talking to as mm-hmm. many people as I did and uh, a lot of humanizing and positive anecdotes. And frankly, he probably didn't want in the book, but yeah. uh, they're in there anyway. There you go. Ian, great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Uh, I can't wait to read the book. Belichick, it's available everywhere. And like I said, a great Christmas gift going into the holidays. Any final parting thoughts, Kelly? No, I just want that book. Yeah, in your hand. I'd like well, to have it. When I'm done. Okay. When oh, I'm done. Oh, wow. It's all yours. <laughs> when I'm done. When I'm done. Ian, great to talk to you. Thanks for taking some time to be on the show with us this morning. Nice work. All right. Ha- have a great morning. You Thank too. you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> he's a good writer. When I'm yeah. done. He is a good writer. Bang. There you go. You first. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's okay. No, you first. Okay, me. There you go. Are you guys. Fighting no, over. No, you do it. No, you do it. I love you. I love you, boy. You hang up. No, I'll hang up. I'll hang up. Greg will hang up. All right. So, anyway, we got the final vinyl. Whose turn uh, is it today? Kelly's uh, was it, last and week. And Kelly, so it's Brokill. All right. Scotty's turn. We're running to the record room at the end of the show. And um, we got What's the Buzz coming up. I got, I got Yay, Yeezy, whatever his name is. I got it. I got Walking Dead saying goodbye to Rick. It's all done, brother. I know. Rick Grimes, it's all over. He's done. We got that. We got...